0: How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special
1: honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well,
2: we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Creese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live.
0: Let the word go out <laughs> from here across the land. Let Danny Noonan uh,
1: approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Wednesday, September 14th. You have found Golf Talk Live's 19th old podcast. I am Alan Depew, as always, with my panel of distinguished guests with a plethora and cornucopia of knowledge about the (laughs) golf industry. That one was for you, Andy. Of course, I'm speaking of Andy Hydorn, Boston Bob Baldessari, Brendan Elliott, uh, Christian is still uh, teeing it up in his golf league on Wednesday nights. He gets angry. We're recording on Wednesday night. He's angry when he can't hop on here and 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 uh, shake and bake with Andy. But uh, hey, it is what it is. boys. welcome.
2: That's a wicked intro.
1: Good evening. Best I got, Bobby. I'm I'm tired, man. It's I'm right in the middle of Hell Week at the golf course. I've got I've got literally ten days of golf outings every single day. With a 220, a 180, and another, it's just like the right, it's it's like wave after wave. They won't let me off the ground.
3: And and you just get to exercise those vocal cords on the, on the announcements.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that, Andy. So I went out and I gave the announcements today and I went, you know, he, if you today you'll be playing a scramble if none of you have played a scramble before everyone tees off you select the best shot and everyone plays from that position you follow that procedure all the way through the hole and we could we finished and this woman looks at me she goes you did that so well (laughs) (laughs) and you said it's my first time And, and she goes and your voice sounded perfect for that and i'm just like well i have a face for radio (laughs) <laughs> and then you met her that's up.
3: why you never see us that's oh, it
1: God. that's, that's it I'm that sure. that's why we're never YouTubing that's why we're never putting anything out there it's because the reflection off my forehead would shine too great and Brendan, <laughs> Brendan says wear a hat
4: yes always
1: yeah but but you got the Stuart Sink look going half the time my friend
4: <laughs> but you gotta wear a fitted hat I don't know if you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <there. You> <laughs>
5: Hold no on. this
1: is when we do need video <laughs> dude we can you screenshot that wait <laughs> wait, wait wait bro can i no. screenshot that can you get it i don't know hang on a second i'm gonna try yeah we can get that can
2: we get that yeah
4: can you see it is it predominant
1: uh, that's pretty, wow okay we're gonna have to put that one out on social there we
2: go hey <laughs> I, I
1: just got I just coach, got coach Elliot. why is she why is one spot on the back of your head tan?
4: <laughs> my my kids at home love that. When I get in the pool and they see me in all my glory, they love it.
1: <laughs> all right. So hey, so let's just little uh synopsis before we just kind of freewheel it tonight. Uh, there's not a lot of action going out on the pro circuit. We do have a couple of rumors, shocker live rumors, golf talk live, right, Andy. And uh, we got to talk about uh, the Texas State uh, senior amateur, and uh, we need to talk about um, uh, oh Tony Leodora. We had a, a traveling golfer sighting. He is at uh, Talamore Resort. Good interview there. They've done something different, and I know Andy's passionate about this. He's got views on course design, so we're gonna we're gonna hear his opinion on that. But um, Andy, uh, let's go with you, Texas State amateur. What yeah. happened there?
3: Texas State senior, amateur. senior amateur. <laughs> um, well, it it is, in all seriousness, it's it's the one tournament that I would love to win the most. Um, I turned fifty five a couple years ago and and played in it the first time and finished uh, tied for sixth in twenty twenty and you know, I felt really good about that. And and it made me really start to feel like, hey, I really wanna win this. I've never won a state championship. Um, And it was this past weekend through 36 holes of the 54, I had a three shot lead going into the last round through 11 hole or through 10 holes of the last round. I still had a three-shot lead, and some of the other guys were falling off. And then I made a quadruple bogey.
1: Oh, Stephen Yellen!
3: Oh yeah, on a par three that par three. You know, it what? Have, yep, I made a seven on a par three. Did you lift your head? Did you, Did you miss it because you lifted your head? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> his left arm got bent. He bended his left He'd arm. Yeah, damn. I you know it was. It was one of those deals. Uh, seriously, that. I lost my mind for 10 minutes. And uh, after all was said and done, I walked off the green. I figured out I was still tied for the lead because the guy who was three behind me bogeyed it. So still tied for the lead. And then I went birdie, bogey, birdie. um, And some of the other guys fell off. Uh, The guy who was closest to me made a double on 15. Now I'm in the clear. Coming down the stretch, and I I, on 17, I checked the the golf genius leaderboard to see where I was at. Um, And this one player, two groups ahead of me, birdied 16 and 17 to shoot 68 and finish at minus two for the tournament. I had a 30-footer on the last hole to finish minus three and win outright and hit a really, really good putt and just buzzed the top side of the hole. Went into a playoff, caught a flyer, and here I am, the second place <laughs> finisher.
1: <laughs> okay, I take from that you missed it on the top side, Andy. Top
3: I did side. miss it on the top side.
1: You know what? Kudos to you, my friend. You missed it at least on the top side.
3: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really buying into the the difference. <laughs> but <laughs> hey,
5: and
2: here's this guy that beat you. We uh, we know some guys in other places. <laughs> Alan, make
3: a phone call on Philly. Well, I already yeah. have an offer from my friend Dana Schertz, who told me that his buddy Jeff Galuli was gonna come down and, and pay a visit.
1: <laughs> so uh let's let's turn this into a positive moment. Uh, we're gonna call we should probably name this uh, new segment uh the coach's couch, where uh Andy, would you like to uh tell us uh tell us about your mother and your father, your relationship with them and
3: uh <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Mr. Weird, Elliot, Mr. Weird. Boston
1: Bob, you got any views, thoughts on this?
4: I I got some questions because right. I, I I actually yeah. find it fascinating when when a good player you know pushes through and does something good in an event that they want to do. I think any amateur can take something from that. So Andy, um, curious what what's your current handicap? What's been the state of your game the last couple of years? How much time do you practice? Like what does it take for somebody 55, 25, I don't care, um, to get their competitive chops in and be competitive in
3: in events like this? So my <laughs> my current handicap index is plus 2.7. Um but a month and a half ago, it was like point zero one or something like that. I had I had really had a poor year playing golf, um, but to your point, the last couple of weeks, I've, I've really been playing well, obviously for my handicap to jump like that. Um, but to your point, Brendan, you know, you start breaking through these, these kind of glass ceilings of confidence. <laughs> and the fact that I finished tied for six two years ago was a bit of a shock to me, um, that I was able to do that. And then all of a sudden I start looking at it differently when I enter these tournaments. And, and I think that plays a huge part in how we do it. And look, I I'm a huge believer that as amateur players, and I work at my game a lot. I really, really do. I put a lot of time into it, but as amateur players, it's so easy for us to fall in and out of good stretches and bad stretches. Hmm. Um, and I just so happen to be in a good stretch right now. It just, it's unexplainable, but um, yeah.
2: Hey Andy, I'm going to use this moment because I we haven't talked about the, the whole, the par three, what it looked like strategy. Yeah. Listen, but I'll just extrapolate a little bit. And I learned a lesson in, I think it was 19, 91 played the Mass Open qualifier at Thompson Country Club in North Reading. Mm-hmm. Um, you played there, I'm sure. Uh, I think it was a 12th hole, it was a par three. Uh, I made a quad, or a seven, I think I made a seven. Um, That's after, a quad. Yeah, active around, yeah. talked to my dad, and it's a really, really tough par three. So the learning lesson, and, and for some of the amateur listeners, could be, if you're in a type of a tournament like this, sometimes a hole is deep in your head psychologically. Or just really damn hard, and so this as a par three. Looking back, it's like this hole was so hard; it was in my head. I should have hit wedge in front, chipped on, made four, run to the next hole, stay in a good frame of mind instead of trying to hit the ultimate shot. Um, So there's just so much psychological behind
3: tournament golf. Well, it's funny you say that because you know on on Sunday, the the last round, I was going through a myriad of. Of emotions right like feeling really good about what i had done and and you know as monday hit i was really disappointed that i didn't win i started thinking about what happened on that hole and i didn't have a caddy and generally speaking i'm a pretty good self-talker out there i talk myself into making the right decisions but i'm telling you i i blanked there because if I had a caddy, if if you were caddying, you would have told me, okay, look, you know, the pins on the right, water's on the right, bunkers on the right. Hit it
1: fifteen no, feet hit, left.
3: Hit it thirty feet it. left of the hole, and take your par. And you know, but I blanked. I literally blanked, and and then compounded, you know, from one bad shot into a couple more. And walked off with, with quad seven, but um, that's such a such a a poignant statement that you made because in in hindsight, that's really what I needed. I needed someone to talk sense into me there because I wasn't talking sense into myself. Yeah. You know, I well, your your comment about
4: feeling disappointed in the, on Monday what were your expectations going into the event, you know, before you even teed off, you know, first day,
3: you know, the last last few rounds of golf I played coming into the tournament were really, really good. So I felt good about my game. And I told my friend bill Scorheim, um, said, look, if I can just putt, I said, I'm going to play well and I'm going to have a chance. Um, and on Thursday night before the first round, I had read something about somebody's putting routine, and I adopted a whole new putting routine hmm. the night before the tournament. And I'm telling you, I, I was unbelievable on the greens, even down to the end, down to the wire, when the last day I could not make a free swing. Everything was two hands on the wheel, tugging everything a little left, playing from the rough all day. but the putter it was it was frankly unbelievable and and I did this new routine and it total fluid motion factor thing it took me out of the subcon- out of the conscious mind, right, and I was really just going through the motion and and it was It worked unbelievably. I mean, it was incredible.
2: That's the way to do it. No skeletons in the closet. Something new, very reactive, very athletic.
3: I mean, when I stood over my second putt on, on the 54th hole, just to get in the playoff, it was probably two and a half feet. I literally was shaking as I was going to put the ball down behind my ball marker and picking my ball marker up. But I get in. I get into my routine. I set up. I go through the motions and knock it right in the middle of the hole.
1: Okay. So let me take from this. I've said it numerous times. Obviously, you play at extremely high level. You're a very good player. Can you imagine, and Brendan, Bob, again, you guys are the teachers here, the average guys, not the plus 2.7s. What's the average guy? I remember. I remember a story one time at a member guest where a member said, "You talking about shaking?" He said he was so nervous he couldn't pass a BB. <laughs> so I mean, what Pucker. does the average? What does the average? And I'm not even talking about for state championships. Just that the infamous first tee jitters or whatever the case may be. It's funny you you talked about the con- back in college, and then I'll shut up. Back in college, I actually used to have a cassette report a cor- recording. Cassettes, actually, yes, folks. Those those were something used for audio back then. <laughs>
3: and a Sony Walkman.
1: And a Sony Walkman. Yep. And, I, and I used to listen to this thing, and it was it was a hypnosis tape, and all it talked about is the sub the conscious mind moving aside, subconscious mind taking over. And I had a, there was a certain trigger, and again, I'm making the swings while I'm doing it. Um, but help the average player out there, guys. How do you overcome that? We talk about manage expectations all the time. Continue with, I mean.
2: Here's, here's my thought here. Um, all right, I'll, I'm going to say this to you, Alan. Okay. People talk about, and everybody listening out there, you, you say it to yourself, right? Everybody hears this line. How much of the go- game of golf is mental, Alan?
1: How much? It, it's, I'd almost say 95%.
2: Okay. Andy, how much is it mental? I'm with Alan. Brendan, how much is it mental?
4: I, I'll agree, but then I'll expand on it in, after you're done. Yeah, perfect. So most people say it's
2: 80% or more mental. The next question is: do you practice mental no. side
1: 80%? Nope.
2: There you go. Like, no one it's does. So fascinating to me. Go to the range, driver, driver, driver. Brendan and I trying to plead with people working your short game, working yeah. routine work on habit forming whatever and then people are like, oh you know it's just between your ears it's 80 90 99 mental okay great yes how much time do you spend on mental um
1: like bobby i'm sitting here getting goosebumps because i'm thinking about the the best line ever from tv was w- focusing on the mental side of it 86 jack 16th hole you know jack this is your time make this make your
4: swing
3: you know
1: it, it it's it's all about mental
3: Yep.
4: When I work with teens, I have to bring in another factor where that which I separate out from mental, it's emotional. Um cuz these kids are having things that go beyond golf that they're trying to deal with school and relationships and parents and everything and I separate that out and I have a real I'm I'm struggling with this right now so I'm glad that we're talking about this topic and especially with a you know, Andy finding success this past week, and he didn't win, but it's a very successful uh, event. I go literally go out there with some of my students and they shoot, you know, 35 for nine holes. And then the next day in a high school match, shoot a 42 or a 43. And mechanically, they're good. Routines are good. You know, they're fine with me or they're fine with dad playing at their home course. And I just cannot get these kids to trust what they're doing and to stop white knuckling the steering wheel like somebody said a few minutes ago and just kind of trust and go with what, with what they're capable of doing. So for, for Andy, that's a question for you. As a good player, do you remember a point in time in your game? And you've been playing forever, I'm sure, since you were a kid. But where was that point in time that you butt off the sneering wheel?
3: See, I don't, I don't even – I'm going to go a step further because I think my mental approach and my mental state is different for every part of my game, for, for my driving, for my iron play, for my short game, for my putting. It's all different. I'm a different – level of confidence in every one of those things and i think ultimately it comes down to confidence you know it it comes down to are you are you you know able to to recall good things that have happened enough to know that that when when it really counts you can somehow produce good results as opposed to the opposite is having all that scar tissue in there and feeling like every time you stand over a wedge shot that you're going to skull it or chunk it. And, you know, it, it's, for me, that's, that's kind of the difference. I am a different mental player with every part of my game.
1: I just want to thank you for bringing back the voices in my head over those wedge shots.
3: <laughs> I I have it bad,
1: I have no, it bad, I, Andy, I agree with you. When I get into, even if it's, we're playing a match with some of the guys, my, I, first of all, I'm a tremendous putter. I believe I can make every putt on every green at every time. And it, I, I, I've always been a good putter. Actually, I had to like yourself, I had been trained to become a good putter, but I believe I can be. And when I'm playing a match, my putting actually is a thousand times better than every other component of my of my game because I, I believe I can make them.
3: You're so- you making my point 100%. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: I think the toughest thing for most people, and I think my breakthrough when I was a kid getting better was finally understanding what my dad told me was, every single shot, you focus on every single shot. You mm-hmm. separate, stay in the moment. And you literally can't, th- can't think ahead, can't think behind in the wrong sense. Um, but just, it made a birdie. You walk. You put the score down. What's the next shot? You hit it. What's the next shot? Focus. You hit it. What's the next shot? It's just very, very simplistic like that. But I see a lot of amateurs make the turn. Hey, hey, Al, how you doing? Oh, I saw my best round on the front. If I only do this, 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 this that, <laughs> everybody way out ahead of their skis. They really start messing up. Bobby, yeah.
1: I'm gonna. I got to. I got I to gotta share this. I won't make you guys take a cart because I'm not gonna go all nine holes. So I hopped <laughs> out with one of the assistant pros this afternoon after the tournament went out, par, up and down par, get to three, long par three, knock it up there 15 feet, drain the putt, I stand on four going. And, and by the way, I, my game is, I used to be, as we said, I could get it around. I can't get it around. I'm like, holy crap, I'm one under par. I'm burning to the hardest par three on the golf course. I smother hooked the next four, the four wood off a of number four drop my ball because it went in the hazard and lip out from a hundred yards, tap in par, go to five, three putt, knock it on the par five and two three putt par that my, the the aforementioned comment about my good body was not (laughs) applicable on number five. And then it happened. Just like you just were saying, Bobby, I got ahead of, I was not in the shot smother hook on six, seven, boom, boom, boom. I shoot 38. And it's just like, which is a, a okay round for me nowadays. But I let myself get ahead of, you know, if I could, I'm literally standing over the eagle putt on five going, if I can make this,
5: right.
1: And then I can get a birdie hunt seven, with the par five there. Holy crap. Alan could actually shoot 33 this nine.
2: Because <laughs> a lot of people, the courses they play, they might have a bad start, but then Andy says, "Well, I usually always birdie 13, and I always usually do pretty good on 14 and 15." And you start playing those heads in your head. Yep. Meanwhile, you've got this shot on the seventh hole. So it gets—it just gets weird. Um, there was one year, I was assistant pro at Weston Golf Club in Weston, Mass. Private club outside of Boston, and one of the members, Peter Sykes, walked in at about 5:30, quarter six on a late summer evening. And he goes, hey, Bobby, let's go play a few holes. I said, all right, great. So Weston, you you jump around the course. So we went to like, uh, I think we, I forget some of the number, it was summer how we did it, but basically I sort of jumped around and for seven holes, I was six under, played a couple of more. I think I was eight under. Peter looks at me and goes, we got to get this round in. And so immediately when he said that and we started rushing and we were yelling yep. ahead to members, we got to make it. We got to, you know, I lost it
1: all. Andy, I got a question. I got a question. You know, Vernon went to the whole mental site. Psych- so I went when I was a professional, when I did play, I was I was on fire for the first five, six holes. And then I went, I don't know where. <laughs> and at that point, I've either played myself completely out of it. and I went back on fire the last 13, 13 mm-hmm. through the end of the round. Nope. How do you maintain that? that concentration level especially playing at a higher level but even for the average guys how do how do you maintain that in your opinion
3: clearly i I didn't on the last day (laughs) (laughs) but you did you made it to 13 before you (laughs) made i made it to 11 but (laughs) i i immediately regained it after that so but you know i don't know it's one of those things that that I don't know just how much, you know, as as instructors or players that we realize we are walking on the edge of disaster all the time. Yep. All the time. And I think we've gotten used to it. And I was proof that I was cruising along and walked off with a quadruple bogey on a part three. That I I haven't made a quadruple bogey in three years. But dare we,
1: that, dare we ask how long
3: that hole was? 165.
5: Wow. Yep. Wow.
3: Yeah. yeah. I I have no explanation for it. Hmm. Other than the fact that I am a huge believer that we are always walking on the edge of disaster. And I think if you look at tour players that Maybe are going in the last round with the lead and, Hmm. you know, they shoot 80 after shooting, you know, 367s.
1: Jordan at Ray's Creek.
3: Yeah, it just goes to show you that it's such a fine line between being able to perform and imploding.
4: I'm probably, I'm probably the worst golfer of the bunch. So at the best, my handicap ever was, was probably a four or five. And I, and I remember I was, on, I was one of those guys going through the PGA apprentice program that was on the P P A T tour, you know, not one and done, not, not two yeah. times. Cause you had yeah. a bad one. I was, I was Why's 10 year. I was 10 events, maybe 11 events. And I just remember that. But well, you last got to play time. a lot of
1: really good golf courses.
4: <laughs> uh, no, I would go to the short, crappy courses because I felt <laughs> like I was better there. the The one that I passed, I'll never forget. I I didn't practice going leading into it. I just had this mindset of not caring, and if it happens, it happens. And that was the first time I ever went into any event that I've ever played in or I just didn't give a shit. And you know there was ups and downs like Andy was talking about, but I had 76, 74, and that's the best 36 holes I think I've ever played in competition. And I try to tell my students that all the time, because again, I'm not a great player, but I've been around the game enough and I've seen a lot of good players and I know what it takes to be successful. Not through my own doing, but I just know what it takes. Yeah. And How did that's the part that I'm having a tough time with the high school kids now is just let your guard down, just go out there, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. If you've got if you've got the skills, which you've proven through practice, you can do X, Y, and Z, whatever your goals are, and you just got to get out of your own way. That's the bottom line. Yeah, Brent, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a
1: correlation you said the word Andy says how hard he works on his game both my boys as you know they were both hockey players and I remember sitting with a guy who was a very very accomplished instructor and he looked at me he goes the minute the buzzer went off in my last game he played at a high level he goes it dawned on me why I wasn't going to the next level what I didn't do, what I didn't work at, what I didn't—you know—all those components, that the, the what I should have done and had I done it would have taken me to that next level. And it's it's amazing, you know. You're as you said, you you you're a tremendous instructor. Maybe you don't golf like Andy does, but you've seen the golf swing that that you know what's necessary to take to the next level.
3: Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to tell tell you guys a little story. Yesterday I was in San Antonio visiting a customer that we're doing a sports box par- partnership with. They're they're called Mach 3. It's yeah. a speed building program.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And there uh there there's a girl that they're connected with her name is Sarah White. And I I'm not going to I hope this isn't Insulting to Sarah White because Sarah White is not the, the years views years.
1: of Andy Hidorn are so. <laughs>
3: yes exactly. <laughs> so Sarah is on the Epson tour, and there is one player on the Epson tour within twenty yards of her. Wow, driving distance. One player, she would be the longest driver on the LPGA tour. By over 20 yards. God. Okay. We were talking about Sarah at lunch yesterday, and Sarah has the mentality that she really doesn't put a whole lot of care in Africa. And I th- this sounds it's not fair, because but she's not she's not really putting in the correct amount of of time and the correct approach to the scoring part of her game. And therefore she's not gonna be, you know, getting her tour card from the Epson tour. And, it, at, and it's at this time. At this time. And it's just an example of of how it it can be your emotional intelligence, Brendan. Mm-hmm. It can be your mental approach. It can be your conscious approach to your game. I mean, there's a million different reasons why you can be successful or not quite there yet. And I mean, God, can you imagine? Oh, by the way, she, she not only averages 292 Jeez. on the Epson tour, she also hits 60, like seven percent of her fairways. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, like her numbers are unbelievable. Maybe it's 62% of her fairways, 67% of her greens. I mean, talk about an advantage. And oh, yeah. Good Lord, this just the opportunity for her. But it's her approach that's kind of holding her back.
2: Yeah. Well, I was going to also make a comment that not knowing about how andy prepared for the round or what was going on and he's down in texas where it's pretty hot um there's there's a confluence also of health wellness nutrition in here oh yeah you know you've some people will say to me i I lost my concentration on the back nine and this and that and and i'll start asking and this is more recent and my wife is the expert in nutrition but i'll say well what you do in the morning what you do the evening before the day before did you hydrate did you get a good night's sleep? Did you have the proverbial hot dog at the cor- at the turn? Yeah, those things, fitness-wise, nutrition, especially nutrition-wise, they will absolutely kill you on the back nine.
4: That and kills my kids that I work with. Destroys them on the back nine.
2: Kid, yeah, they're, they're the worst. And I remember junior golf events in Massachusetts where we had Cokes and Pepsis at the turn. And yeah, I, I go, oh, my God.
4: The hydration part is so massive. And it, you you literally run out of gas, like it's, it's a figurative thing that you're saying, but you literally run out of gas as you get into the 12, 13, 14th hole and you can't perform.
2: Here's the reality, if you don't hydrate enough, you'll lose 10 to 15% of basically your uh, ability or strength. So you've been hitting seven iron so many yards for holes one through 10, 11, 12. Your body starts to change on holes 12, 13, 14, 15. That same yardage for the iron, for the seven iron or whatever the iron, you lose 10 or 15%. Now, instead of being on the green, ends in the front bunker, you don't get down.
5: Don't yep. know.
1: That was my problem. My problem was hydration.
2: Nothing to do, could be simply hydration.
3: Not hydration by doers either. <laughs> Jameson, Jameson, oh,
1: Jameson. Sorry. Lately, lately, Casamigos, but we won't go into that. I'll tell you what, all good stuff. Andy, sorry, buddy. <laughs> we were, we, as you know, all of us were rooting for you uh, to get it done. So next year, yeah. get it done next year.
3: Well, I, I appreciate that, and it was a, it was a great week and a great experience for me.
1: And I'll tell you what, this has been a great, just great conversation for our listeners out there. There's a lot of takeaways that you can you can use for your own game, and and tell you what we we say this often. We love to, hear, and I know Christian says it all the time. We'd like to hear your feedback. Offer your opinion. Offer your thoughts. You gotta. You have a wealth of information. I, I don't. I I joke, you know, our esteemed panel and what have you, but you have national award-winning teachers. You have life. You know, basically, Bobby. Are you a life member at this point? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you have life member PGA. Andy's obviously a stick and well, thank God I'm on, on radio and not television. But anyway, um, <laughs> so you have a, you have a wealth of information folks. If you'd like to reach out, we'd love to chat with you. We love dialogue with people and, uh, Bobby, you got to get us a, a health and wellness person on here. That's yeah. what we need. Yeah. That'd that be, that'd be a good continuation of this conversation.
2: She's in the other room. She's ready to go. Anytime oh, you there
1: want. you go. Uh, Q, Q, Pam, please.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You've to go. No, seriously. But that, yeah, you know, it's funny. I tell people all the time, not don't take this the wrong way, Andy, but I tell amateur golfers, let me caddy for you and do the nutrition right and club selection right. And I bet you have your best round ever.
5: Mm-hmm. Cause
1: you're going to take one. Um, Cause you're going to take one more club. And I'll tell um, you what, you know, where some, who, who, t- who takes one more club better than anybody, the traveling golfer. mmm We should probably throw it over to Tony at this point because I know we want to chat about it a little bit. He's down at Talamore Resort. And, Tony, take it away, my friend.
0: This month, we bring Tony's bucket list to you from a familiar name. Talamore, as in Talamore Resort, Pinehurst, North Carolina, part of the group of golf courses that include Mid-South Club, Virtually right across the street in Pinehurst, Tallamore Country Club in Ambler, Pennsylvania, and Applecross Country Club in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. We have the general manager from Tallamore Resort with us, Matt Hauser. Matt, welcome to Golf Talk Live.
6: Thank you, Tony. Great
0: to be here. Well, sometimes Bucket List is a discovery, a new place that I always wanted to go to. Talamore, I've been to many times, Talamore Resort, but it was like a new club again because of the additions and improvements that you've done in the last couple of years. Some were not as noticeable because you did a few years ago drainage, uh, regrassing, those kind of things. They're all nice, uh, changing of the cart path a bit. You no- may have noticed that. But now you get stopped dead in your tracks, with the addition of, well, it looks like
6: Scotland, sod wall bunkers. Yeah, um, you know we had some. You know, we had the sod wall bunkers in after the renovation in, in 2016, and um, and uh, in the uh, winter of 21 and 22, we we decided to uh, to change those out with Echo bunker, which is an artificial. An artificial turf uh, stack sod, so it it keeps that same look of, like you said, the Scotland uh, bunkers all year long. Little maintenance—you got to blow them off. You don't have to. You don't have to cut them. You don't have to do anything. Um, They're solid. They're not going anywhere. um, And just a a very unique look for the area, and also just a very awesome look.
0: Yeah, they're they're about as authentic as you could possibly imagine, Um, having been the Scotland. Ireland, you'll see these sod wall bunkers, but you'll see the little weeds growing out of them and some of the maintenance issues. None of that has to be done by your superintendent, David Walsh. Now, he's a happy camper. Uh, Building the bunkers was a chore. He said that it took like two days to build a bunker, but now on 10 holes, these sod wall bunkers are there
6: yeah on 10 holes um yeah we've got them there and and yeah and they and they did over time they became a a more of a maintenance uh issue and and in fact you know we kind of let all the grass just grow and they look more like a deep face bunker than a than a sidewall bunker um but yeah we've got them on uh there's two on number two the the one on the left is seven and a half feet tall Hmm. we've got four of them on uh hole five number nine has two really big ones um uh 15 has two and 17 has one um and we're going to add to them this winter. We're going to add a add a few um, on eighteen and a few other holes.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that one on two, seven and a half feet high, uh, you forced me into a challenge there. And and let's face it, seven and a half feet, I couldn't even see over it. It's impossible to get out of there, right? Not for you, it wasn't. I mean,
6: you 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 popped it right up there like it was nothing. I mean, that thing landed up there and was close. And uh, yeah, and, and uh it was a good shot there. But yeah, it's a uh, it is, and it's something that people talk about. They 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 hit in there and. You know, if we can figure out a way to live stream a webcam from there to the clubhouse and watch people in there, we'd definitely do it. <laughs> well, what a good friend Matt Hauser is. He allowed me to goad him into bragging about me, but
0: that was pretty good. <laughs> and, and I'll have to say, I was proud of that shot. Uh, you know, I think it was more like the uh, blind squirrel syndrome, but uh, amazing, amazing look to the golf course. And I played with a couple of fellows from New Zealand. Uh, they work for the Easy Go golf car company in Augusta they're here on a trip and they couldn't stop absolutely raving about them and they played some good courses on their little trip here uh, and they just couldn't stop talking about these sod wall bunkers at Talamore and the look it gives you especially from back in the fairway on some of the holes
6: yeah we 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 have heard that um we've heard that quite a bit from our guests coming through this year after seeing them um you know like you said it was it, it was once we figured out how to get them in and get them going, and now, and, and get them all um, shaped out there, they have just they are just great to look at, and, and they're intimidating, and it just it, it gives people um, gives people something to talk about. I mean, it's 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 something it's something different, and, and, and it does, and it's clean look, um, course is in great shape. So you you put all that together, and it's just a, it's just fantastic,
0: and it's all part of the total package here at Talamore Resort. The incredible townhouses that you can stay in, they're absolutely beautiful. Uh, Breakfast delivered to your townhouse every morning. Don't forget the pig pickings on Monday and Thursday. And then, of course, your sister course right across the street, the Arnold Palmer Design Mid-South Club, an absolute
6: beauty. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what a great one-two punch we have down here. And, um, you know, two definitely different golf courses, um, Mid South is a much bigger golf course, a lot of water, huge greens, fantastic shape, um, a lot of elevation changes. Um, it, it's just it, it is it's just a, a great one-two punch for yeah. us. Well, the
0: best way to find out more about it and the packages that you can get here at Talamore Resort, the website
6: uh, www.tallamoregolfresort.com. There you
0: go, from Matt Hauser, General Manager, Talamore Resort. Another great addition. To Tony's bucket list. All right, Tony, thank you so
1: much, guys. Have you guys? I know we've all been to Pinehurst, or have you, have you been to Pinehurst? Uh, Bobby, I know I'm you
2: have. I'll be there in a couple of weeks.
1: Oh, there you go. Uh, have you ever played Talamore?
2: I have not, but I heard about it, and that was a great, uh, great information with, with
1: or without the llamas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as Tony was talking about, you know, one of the things they've done renovation down there is the stack sod face, the artificial stack sod face, because to get the authentic Scottish uh, stack sod face is it's kind of difficult to duplicate here in the States. Uh, Andy, I know you're passionate about it. Don't crush them with your opinion, but uh, what's the goods, the bads of from the, of the stack sod face bunker
3: well i was i was in scotland england this summer played litham and st anne's and burkdale and Troon and turnberry so i got to see plenty of really cool stack sod face bunkers over there and you know i i've i go to medalist every every winter with my friend scott peters who's a member there and and they have the synthetic stack sod which the look is awesome. Um, the one little major difference though, is that the synthetic stuff is really hard. And if a golfer's flying their ball and they hit into the face of a stack sod thing, it can go anywhere, like anywhere. And if you're hitting into a real stack sod, it just kind of hits and fluffs and drops. It it deadens it. Yeah. So, but I love the look. I, I'm, I'm just shocked that nobody or not many, if I don't know of any, but I'm sure there are some, there's not many like links looking bunkered golf courses here in the United States. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. It, it's such yeah. a distinctive look that I love. I love it. The bunkers are small. They're, they're in random places. It, it's just such a cool thing.
4: To me, well, well, Bobby, when you were at at, at, uh, uh, Port St. Lucie, the courses there uh, is it the Wanamaker course? Isn't that the one that has the uh, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong course, but one of the courses there has that type of feel and look? Die course, die course, die course, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: There's no stacks on there, but it has that. it has that feel it's funny andy i was going to say this is perfect for don't be that guy yeah <laughs> that guy in america that does this and that links course in america it's like oh god you have no idea what the true meaning of links is right right like it there's i maybe there's one in america that's a true links but you know you can have a course in kansas oh it's a so and so links i'm like oh my god yeah <laughs> i mean
1: I, i'm thinking about it it, it what the the definition of what the perceived definition of an, of a links course, i.e., what you find in Scotland and in the UK, is hardened ground, got to play different shots, ground game, pop bunkers, what have you. I it, again, I think it's du- difficult to duplicate here in the states. It's where are you going to find that wind swept? I got a couple of possible. I mean, Bandon has an interesting component to it. I mean, but there they get a lot of rain out there. We have the more Americanized like the uh whistling straits and we have to talk about that in just one one second. So just well, real quick. Um our, our condolences. Um Herb Kohler passed away uh yeah. this past week, what he's done for golf in Wisconsin and golf in general. But that's that seems has become that look has become what the Americanized links feels it is to me. You know, it's more of that but rough I, I also edge.
3: think I also think the links in my mind has to do with literally nine holes out and nine, nine holes, holes back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I and, and then honestly, the only two places I can
1: think of that you get that that and that and that windswept feel, mm-hmm. Long Island. Yeah. And 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 out on the Cape in Boston,
3: where you're gonna get the winds. Well, certainly the Oregon coast has it. And and I th- I think there there are some parts of of Kohler that have it as well, you know. It's,
2: I, it's also well. It's also the, the literally the conditions of yeah. right facility. You know, it's uh and it'll be Americanized with the links having lush conditions where you go overseas and play, and it is not that way. And I'm not talking so much to the gorse and things like that, but. It's it's scruffy. It's a very very scruffy. Degree. Well, I think
1: Bobby, I think you're going to see that. You know, now I'm going to put my realtor slash operator hat on for a second. As water restrictions keep becoming more, oh yeah, yeah, on golf courses, oh yeah, they're going to have to do something with with changing. And I know the USGA is really pushing forward yep. on trying to do things with that, but
5: yep.
1: that's a viable concern for the golf industry. Yeah.
4: Huge.
5: Huge.
1: Wasn't was
4: that that was Pinehurst several years ago where they really started to yep. uh, introduce that more the, of a, the a natural nasty. area? Yep. Yeah, 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 the
2: browns yeah. and the
4: green. I think it was
1: Denver recently that they 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 put massive water restrictions the city of Denver on all their municipal golf courses.
3: Yeah, and it, I mean, I w- I was up in in Haverhill, Mass, this summer playing to my brother's member guests, in Massachusetts had a wicked drought this year bobby it's wicked. <laughs> it's wicked and and i'm telling you the the golf course played so different cuz it was baked out it was brown the ball was running forever and you know it's just different and as long as people can have the mindset that when the weather gives you that you accept it and and have fun with it
1: but, but this is where this is where I know we've we've, we've talked about having a uh, architecture oriented show. And I, I need to get uh, our good good friend Stephen K on here. Stephen actually is big on wanting to do links type layouts. Um, but Brendan, I know you did a lot of research for PGA.com. Shout out to your little side hustle you got going on there. But uh, thank you. <laughs> so on, on different architects and the American game is not that way it's two bunkers front right front left fly it over the bunker tuck pin placement and that's not links golf
4: no and i could be wrong but i just feel like the ground game is more conducive to a, a majority of your amateur golfers to be oh, able i to, love it yeah to, to play a little bit more you know what they're capable of doing and and it's it's fascinating with all the thousands and thousands of people that play golf in this country that We don't see more styles like this to allow the bumping and running up into the green and obviously you're going to be guarded by slopes and and you know the the architecture around the green and bunkers and stuff but give them those runways up the one one cut of grass from t to, to t to green and not having the rough up i just i think that's just so much easier uh for the for the average golfer
2: hey brendan you know what i tell my students uh there's three things that are your friend in golf: loft, me, wink, wink. <laughs> and the ground, yeah, ground, friend, exactly. Yep. You know, the the club stays lower to the to the surface. The ball stays lower. Less things can go wrong. Yep.
1: Well, I think it, it. I think it allows. It goes to that mental. It allows that creativity, and you just kind of free flow. You're letting your creative mind. How am I going to play this shot? Am I going to bounce it in there? Am I going to fly it to here? What am I going to do?
5: Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: that works well, you know, around natural greens or <clears throat> synthetic greens, Alan. With yep. our, you <laughs> know what, Bob, I
1: synthetic greens are tremendous. They're great yep. for improving your game.
2: They are wonderful, and our friends at Complete Synthetic Turf are happy to help you in any way, shape, or form in all fifty states and. No job too big, too small. You got pets, they can do that. Uh, But please go look out and check out completesyntheticturf.com. They will absolutely
4: improve your golf game. Well, there you go. There you go. I need a sponsor. I got to come up with a sponsor. I like when you guys do that. That's so cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug. If you'd like to sponsor uh, Brendan (laughs) Elliott. Well, if we could talk about sponsors, we could talk about Survivor Golf Tee, the official golf tee oh. of Golf Doc Live. We could talk about Perfect Practice Putting Mat, the official putting aid of Golf Doc Live. And we can even talk about Yips, you know, the official CBD, which I'm not going to lie to you guys. I pop one of those at night. AD
3: sleeps like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> AD sleeps like a January bear. <laughs> Oh, Andy, what do you got? Okay, I got a, I got a little. Don't be that guy. Um, for is it the, the
1: guy? Day. Is it the guy that clips you at the senior am? <laughs> no, you your-
3: but you know, no comment on that. <laughs> um, so, you know, there there's a guy that's been bragging on social media this week about how he's picked all of the the live defectors. Um, and he's been right about all of them. And um, you know, this week he was saying there's one more top ten player going, and they kind of narrowed it down that it was going to be John Rom. And John Rom. Oh, and came-
1: I heard him say it was going to be Hovland.
3: No, Rom is what what I heard. And Rom Rom came out today, and he said, "Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but your winning streak is over." <laughs> <laughs> But, but the don't be that guy is, look, predicting stuff like that is, is sometimes you have information, sometimes it's not solid. Don't be bragging about, don't be bragging about your luck because it's going to turn and, you know, ultimately you're going to be eating crow.
1: Truer words have never been spoken.
3: <laughs>
1: Mr. Bob Baldessari, final word, sir.
2: Uh, I I. I think I've got three topics here. One is, uh, hey, stay tuned for one of our upcoming guests is our good friend, Gary Young, who's uh, the head PG tour official. So uh, we've been in touch with Gary. He just got back from the DP World Tour BMW PGA Championship, that's a mouthful. Uh, but he's got the President's Cup next week, but uh, we're looking forward to getting Gary in a couple of weeks. He will definitely have some great insight. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I was gonna mention Herb Kohler. Al, I'm glad you mentioned that, that guy has done a lot for american golf i, I met him briefly a couple times at one of the pg of american national board meetings he was the independent they call him independent directors a couple of people from outside of golf um and one day he was talking to somebody he goes is uh i just remember this thing was kind of kind of interesting big titan of business and he goes when it's all said done and you, you can throw the budgets out the window just make more money than you spend i thought yeah. that was Pretty good, pretty good basic advice. Yeah, but I really wanted to end with, uh, and if there's a way we could uh, add this to our when we when we drop the show or we can go into the social media, um, our, our friend Steve Scott, who we've had on the show, he wrote this beautiful, beautiful, amazing article on a PGA member from the Connecticut section, Paul Ramy. I hope I spelled that right. It's R-A-M-E-E-E-E. Um Really uh, I reached out to Steve and I just complimented him. Um, it really cuts to you know, the meaning and and the depth and the power of a club professional, a PGA member, uh, what they mean to the club members. They set the culture, they can set the direction. I mean, it was just an amazing story about what Paul has done in his life. Uh, worked at Oakmont, he's um, just an amazing individual. I never, I don't think I ever met him, but um, it's a Golf Week USA Today article so uh, he passed away earlier this year from leukemia uh, but it was uh, if you can see that article we, we should post it it was it was really spectacular what steve scott did
1: yeah get that i'll definitely put that up without question
2: Very cool.
1: mr
4: elliot sir so my final thought you know I, hopefully one day all this live pga tour stuff will kind of work itself out and what i'm referencing it's I don't know if you guys saw it, but the funny social media tweet that Ian Poulter put out with him and Billy Horsell, that video of them talking on the green. <laughs> I missed that because Poulter used to put out some funny stuff back when everybody was friendly with each other. And that if you haven't seen it, folks, it's funny with him and Billy. They dubbed He dubbed it with them talking about not having the matching outfits and mixing up what they were going to wear the the light blue over the dark blue type of thing, it's hysterical. So hopefully one day we can get back to a point, however this works itself out, or we can laugh at some of the stuff that's going on in professional. Golf. Well,
1: if you're going to say that, how about the social that was out there with uh, Rory and, and Poulter that I think you sent in our oh, little social media. That clip. was
4: hysterical. As we well. got to
1: put that out there. That <laughs> is absolutely one of the funniest things. Where the guy the guy yeah. is pretending to be Rory and the other guy's pretending, and he's and he's pretending Rory. to be
4: Connor older, Moore yeah,
1: yeah. and yeah. they're arguing back and forth. Oh my god, it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I got now we got to put it out there without a rush.
5: Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. My final thoughts, as Christian would always say, is hey, continue to follow us. Thanks. We we appreciate all the support. We love feedback. Uh we love good conversation. I was actually chatting with someone today, and he goes. He goes hey it's good to actually put a face with the voice from the podcast and i went i'm sorry <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's not what i had to say what i have to say is i as i'm down there preparing for my you know debacle of nine holes today and i hit 10 balls i see this every day at my driving range I got the guy who's wearing the, the, he is logo to the T he's wearing the loud mouth pants. He's talking to everybody on either side of him while he's, he's de- demonstrating his Mo Norman kind of swing. And he's explaining how he needs to be able to hit the golf shots and how they need to be able to do this and how they need to be able to do that. And you think Andy Hydorn, I'm going to say, don't bonus. Don't be that guy. Oh no, no, no. Don't be the guy that listens to that guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't be that guy. Because exactly. you want to have your game get effed up. Listen to that guy. Yep. Go knock one of these guys. These guys know what they're talking about. So there you go. That's all I got. <clears> throat> Andy, throat> hit it long and straight, my friend.
3: Yes. And don't make quads on <laughs> parties. <laughs> Sage advice.